HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. It's a beautiful day in Brooklyn, and you're listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and um, in two weeks, it will also hopefully be a beautiful weekend because uh, we're going to have the Food Book Fair, which is coming to Brooklyn for its fifth year. And uh, to kind of tease that out, I'm really pleased to be joined by its two uh, co-directors. They are Amanda Dell. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. And Kimberly Cho. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so you guys are no strangers here to Heritage. Um, we've been fans of yours now uh, for the past five years that the Food Book Fair has been going. Um, it's a very unique festival. And uh, it's definitely up my alley. As, as you guys know, this show is about food and media and words and literature and uh, food and books. But a lot of the times when people, when I tell people that, they're like, oh, so it's a cookbook show. And I try to say, well, you know, there's other categories. There's like, you know, there, there's farming, you know, there's food policy, there's, there's fiction, you know, people who are writing fiction about food and memoirs and so forth. So I, I'm curious how you guys kind of summarize and categorize what entails uh, the food books at the food book fair. Yeah, I mean, I think more recently we've been using a really pithy and flattering line that someone wrote about us uh, in LA Weekly, thank you, a few years ago Ooh. that says describes Food Book Fair as the Coachella of writing about eating. Mm. Uh, and, you know, what? however you feel about Coachella, I think uh, using the phrase writing about eating mm. uh, is a little, is, it makes it... Um, that sounds a lot somehow more fun, more, too. Yeah, I, I like the... I should call my show something a little bit more badass. Like, this is the Howard Stern of talking about food. I mean, it sounds more fun than the people who are actually at The devil eats at Jean-Georges. Right now. Um, (laughs) We're wearing flower crowns in the studio (laughs) right now. Um, Can it be the Burning Man of? Can I have the, the Burning, Burning Man, Man of, of food, food radio. and writing? Okay, yeah, that, I'll take that. Someone, one. we'll just have, we'll write about we'll write that on our blog. I got I gotta get decked have. out though. I gotta 
work on my little tent. Yeah. Um, um, okay. But so we're writing. It's, we describe it as a festival about writing about eating. And then if we need to spiel from there, we generally do. Um, but I feel like that somehow, uh, without the, having the word book there, people don't automatically jump to cookbooks, which when you say food and book, immediately they go, oh, cookbooks, Cookbook. which cookbooks are a very big part of mm-hmm. what we are inspired by. Um, you know, authors of cookbooks speak at our event. We have cookbook <coughs> signings. We cook from books for our conceptual literary dinners. Um, but, you know, as as you said, it's... Food fiction, memoir, political writing about food. Um, Food Book Fair started as a project out of the food studies program at NYU, where um, the founder of Food Book Fair, Elizabeth, who we took over uh, the fair from um, this past year, uh, she was a grad student there, and there's a very strong um, activist bent to what they do. So Mm -hmm. there's always been a very strong... um, Interest in melding discussion about food culture, mm-hmm. the trend side of things, uh, the industry, with, yeah, with mm-hmm. um, food systems, and that's always been very important. And I'm talking about food systems change and food access um, and issues greater than, um, you know, who's making what kind of kale salad and how, but connecting it to who can buy kale. What happens when there's a, you know, a strong interest in kale. What happens when kale mm-hmm. is... It does change the yeah. whole landscape around it. And so, now we see books about kale. <laughs> and now we see media. books about kale. People say all the time, something, something. We were just at another event where people kept saying, something is the new kale. Um, and I mean, like, a lot of the panels that at least I've been to in the past, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily know it's the, the festival is, you know, like, kind of hinges around food and media and books because I, I remember one like explosive panel about GMO. Oh, yeah. That discussion was <laughs> amazing. There was like actual like people standing up and shouting in the audience. Um, but it was a really important discussion at the time, mm-hmm. and obviously it's still a very um, heated discussion today. It's only gotten more um, traction. But anyway, that's like just one example of uh, you know how this festival. Um, is taking on like the the biggest challenges and um, some of you know just the greater I guess the wider food uh, concerns. Yeah, I mean, I think we try to draw inspiration and build our program um, on contemporary issues, uh, contemporary food issues mm-hmm. that are in contemporary food conversation um, and all the ways in media in which they're documented. From books and beyond, we always tried to have a book and media tie as much as possible. I think oh, yeah. before we've definitely programmed uh, panel discussions or talks or other things where there was less of a tie. Mm-hmm. And I think how we differentiate ourselves from other events is that there is that tie, and we're really trying to reinforce that. Oh, yeah. um, but and one of the things about mm-hmm. you know it having to we call it food book fair, but it having to draw from more than just food books is. Um, the rate of conversation and the change of conversation is so much faster than the book publishing schedule, to be mm-hmm. realistic. Because someone can be tweeting about something or uh, throwing up a story on uh, you know, a web- website or on an online magazine that much faster than you know, the year and a half, two years it takes mm-hmm. to publish a book on a single subject. Though it's important to us to tie things to books and think about books as sort of like a capstone in conversation. 
So, you it know, does, that, that's something we and discuss. Like on a practical level, it brings people together. It brings those, those leaders out there and authors and under the same roof. And, but not in like a trade show, you know, book, normal book festival sort of way that it is kind of all over the place in, in top topics, let's say. So, I don't know. Um, what, what, what panels, what topics, what events are you guys looking forward to this year exploring at the fair? Um, well, we, we're doing a couple new things this year, which are very exciting. Um, one of them is the return of children's programming. Oh, cool. Food Book Fair Junior yes. will be happening in the Wythe Hotel Garden. Mm-hmm. And we have an amazing lineup of authors who will be reading. And um, also Amy Virginia Buchanan will be musically styling for the kids live there oh, and the so Grow NYC the Green Market is going to come and do seed necklaces and composting. Oh my god. So that's really fun. You're and never too <laughs> it's never too early to learn about food systems. Can yeah. I go? Even Definitely. I'm not it's for it's for okay. food nerds of all ages. Um, everyone is welcome. And also, you know, we we had a, you know, a kind of think this year about, you know, what we can do that was maybe a little bit more literal and how we can take some of the people that we were really impressed with and kind of harness their knowledge and share that. So we're doing some more workshops um, Mm -hmm. where people can really get their hands dirty. And that has been really incredibly well received. So we're excited to do something um, really fun, which is a cocktail class um, with Annie Novak, who is just released her book, The Rooftop Growing Guide. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's going to work with Sam Anderson from Mission Chinese, and they're going to do a class about what kind of cocktails you can make with things that you can grow and who in, you know, an urban environment. So yeah. and it's a hands-on, like interactive, like, I mean, like oh, you can yeah. drink during that. You, <laughs> make, you make it, you drink it. <laughs> Just uh, but yeah. it's sort of, I mean, I think their thing is very much, and I think this is why what she does is so important is talking about. Um, to quote the artist Andy Goldsworthy, that we are nature. Mm-hmm. Um, though sometimes in a city you can forget that. And I think Definitely. that's something that's so magical about uh, Eagle Street Rooftop yeah. Farms, which she runs, is that you look up and there's a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this class is that's sort powerful. of about reminding right. you and or telling you, if you don't know, um, like how to find that. Right. And Perfect. even if you just have one pot growing in your windowsill of an herb, there's still things that you can make with it. I do. Yay. Perfect time of year for that, too. I'm going <laughs> to exactly. take on some boozy tricks um, from that I one. I think the, the class will cover a lot more than that, too. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Annie and Sam, if you're listening okay, to this fine. now, we're getting this totally <laughs> wrong. I still hope that people get really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about foodieticals, because um, this yeah. is like the festival of food zines or whatever. And you guys sort of coined the term foodieticals. Yeah, it's a portmanteau of the word food and the word periodical. It's a 2013 word that Eater.com banned. Except, Wait, for except when we use it. Foodioticals? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Foodioticals is it was a banned word. I think they thought it was twee and clunky. But it's it's acceptable when well, we like use it. So we do. People hate the word foodie, <laughs> too. So right. maybe yeah. that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, but the name's stuck. Yeah. It's really stuck. It's we're stuck with it. And <laughs> let's just say the genre, whatever you want to call it, of food periodicals <clears throat> is growing. It's like it's uh, enormous. Like so you guys started out with like how many magazines that came? I want to say like, like 15. 15, right. right. So like maybe like 
put an egg on it. Uh, I don't know, diner journal. There we go. Um, The OGs. Gather. Um, And and now there's like hundreds. It's pretty amazing. And they're all so different and so inspiring and so, in my opinion, ultra creative. Mm -hmm. And just like looking at what, you know, an idea that someone had that they brought to life is it's so fascinating to me and you know it's some of them are just so beautiful that is just so what are exciting. what are some of those new ones that are you, you mentioned uh, you got some yeah. more foodie articles that are coming yeah. from like all corners yeah. of the country to to show their yeah I'm right here, here in Brooklyn but. yeah um, we have this one called ounce magazine uh, produced by this illustrator and artist named Leslie Wang she's based she's originally from Taipei um, but she is also splits her time with between there and Lisbon. She was working out of Bolivia for a while, and she does these incredible all hand illustrated city guides. Um, wow! Which give you an insider's look on uh, different cities through what's most important. That's that is incredible. what to eat and what to drink. So she's doing one for New York, uh, and she'll be here with us. Um, and then we have Render, which is a feminist food quarterly out of Portland, and they're running a Kickstarter right now, so you guys should all pledge to Render. to support mm-hmm. feminist food media. Um, Sweet. So they'll be joining us, and we've been really excited about what they've been doing, so that'll be cool. Life yeah. and Time, which is huge. They're out of L.A., and this is the first time. <laughs> so they've been... Um, they were... I mean, they started an, an incredible... Um, web only publication in 2012 and mm-hmm. last year they started printing um, a beautiful quarterly and now they will be here with us for the first yeah. year um, that's so exciting article, so see. that's exciting yeah our friends at Jari are releasing issue two mm-hmm. that um, should be a good so release, that yeah. men plus food plus men mm-hmm. love Just seeing them and what they're what they're doing so and it's really co- cool because like you know that there's not too many stores that have a huge selection um a lot of these are just online only um and you wouldn't discover it's like a great way to discover and and to have that community of all the makers of mm-hmm. of these zines together so yeah and yeah just, you know shameless plug ahead but <laughs> foodbookfair.com get your tickets to foodie articles right now because they're going quickly, oh. and it is eight bucks for the best four hours of your life. You can get beer, wine, snacks, and unlimited snacks. Very, very special surprises. So definitely grab your tickets and tell your friends to come. Definitely, yeah. and it's all taking place at the White Hotel. We forgot to mention in two weeks. Um, let's talk about that dinner too. The dinner on April thirtieth. Yeah, yeah, so that'll be our kickoff with tables of contents. Uh, one of tables? my favorite puns, Tables of Contents, uh, formerly known as Cooking by the Book, is uh, an annual conceptual... How many puns can we get in here? I know. An annual conceptual literary <laughs> dinner at Egg Restaurant um, okay. with uh, the founding chef and owner, George Weld, and the chef, Evan Hanser. And um, they cook from different works of literature every year. We've done The Sun Also Rises, To Kill a Mockingbird. This year will be Their Eyes Were Watching God by mm-hmm. Zora Neale Hurston. And these were chosen, I mean, they chose them, so I, I don't know if we can, like, put words in their mouth, but they're not necessarily food-driven narratives, right? So they're kind of, like, just taking these classics Mm-hmm. And recreating them right. through dinner. Yeah, but it's it's like it's books where food plays a big part, right. even though the book is not about food. Right, and um, and there's a lot of symbolism to the 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 food that's in the books, or there are really? characters that are 
Oh, tea cake. Tea cake. Yeah. And their eyes were watching God. Um, but, um, huh. yeah, really so food curious. is sort of a through line through these books that we've selected. I, I'm just, I'm dying to figure out what they're going to make for this dinner. Their eyes were watching God. It's so, so, are we. We'll so are we. So yeah. soon. As soon as we find out, we'll definitely post that on our website and, and spread it around, but also... It'll probably be sold out by then, so yeah, you gotta bigger, get your ticket even now. Even a bigger foodbookfair.com. <laughs> yeah. You can get your tickets right now. And I, yeah. I think with that, we'll take a quick little commercial interlude and be right back. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market, America's healthiest grocery store with more than 400 locations throughout the United States. Download the Whole Foods Market app on your smartphone for recipes, sales, information, and digital coupons. Or visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store closest to you. All right, we're chatting again with Amanda Dell, Kim Cho from Food Book Fair, which is coming right up. Check out foodbookfair.com for the whole schedule of events, um, including the foodie articles. We were talking about the dinner. But let's talk about um, some of the panels this year. Um, So we have an interesting mix. Um, Rather than, you know, talking about GMO food systems, there's a food and fashion panel. but it's not what you think. It's not like clothing, fashion. Uh, what would you say this is yeah. sort of about? In, it's sort of about you- food and fashion and food as fashion. So sort of looking at how things become trendy, how things become popular or fashionable, um, whether that be cal- kale salad, grass-fed meat, um, bone broth, uh, bone marrow, remember bone marrow, Greek yogurt, uh, Greek yogurt um, and then sort of reconnecting these things that sort of exist as um, items in a listicle mm-hmm. or an online slideshow or an Instagram post to history, to food systems, to uh, questions of food access, who can get Greek yogurt, who can get kale, um, to, um, you know, other uh, connections in other cultures and other food ways mm. and, and how they came to be on our plates. Hmm. So sort of like a, a multi-layered look at what we talk about when we talk about eating certain things. Yeah. I was at like a conference a f- couple weekends ago and there was the founder of Sabra or one, somebody from Sabra there. And he was talking about how like, you know, 10, certainly 20 years ago, um, nobody ate hummus. Nobody knew what this grayish pasty stuff was. Everyone's totally scared of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it really does change, you know, the whole industry of food like greek yogurt for instance you know there's a lot of repercussions to the way and then like you know stuff like when we change so rapidly and we become so dependent or not dependent but uh, enamored by certain foods it's like everything shifts a whole bunch (laughs) everything Mm -hmm. shuffles around 
It's yeah. interesting. I oh, mean, I think in the ways that trends can, uh, like the food culture side, can have major impact on the the food system side is, um, I think in the last couple of years there's been a, a fair amount of writing about quinoa mm-hmm. in Bolivia yeah. and how quinoa has become so popular elsewhere in the world. Specifically, uh, I mean, we have it a lot in, in places where we eat here in Brooklyn, uh-huh. New York. Um, that it has raised prices of quinoa in the places that it's grown, and it's harder for people. I I to read buy. something recently that said that that was mostly a myth, though. Oh no! Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, See, well, there is... are concerns because right. you know a lot of these farmers are poor to begin yeah. with. But I read something that that was like backtrack backpedaling mm-hmm. from that stance a little bit. Anyway, I would love to. I would love to read okay, that story. Sorry. You should invite like <laughs> no, the no. originator of the avocado toast. I mean, it's just so interesting. <laughs> like one day, oh someone God, yeah. just toast. I mean, toast in general, but. Toast was not cool until, like, I don't know, all of a sudden it toast was cool. Was like well, toast everyone you- was calling Christini until yeah. two oh, years yeah. ago. That's true. They were, it was it had an Italian slant yeah. to it. And I think there's, like, a sort of, like, regional pride. Let's call it toast again. Kind like an Americana. I remember like joking a about this, kind with, of a, back joking to about the this with a friend, and then suddenly everything was called toast. I mean, but- if you said to someone three or four or five years ago, what what is avocado toast? Someone would probably be like, it, it might, they would think maybe it was avocados that have been incorporated into like a bread dough, not a, <laughs> I avocados think it's avocados top. mushed into a toaster. Right. It's, and now it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a, an item that needs no explanation. I know people who live off of that. Right. Like, and it's, yeah. It's just so it's fascinating delicious. when all of these things <laughs> come into our everyday life. It's, and now I mean, it's our... not just a food. It's a signifier at this point. Uh, we've been talking a lot about cultural appropriation lately. Um, I know Kim yeah. and I have had long conversations <laughs> about this, too. But it also it plays into, you know, when everybody embraces a certain culture at once and it becomes trendy, there's a lot of stigma around that. Um, from various different groups. Um, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it comes with not just, uh, let's say, physical or um, food, you know, production-based repercussions, but also, um, you know, s- uh, just a personal kind of, like, effects that can happen. So Yeah, I mean, I think in, in some of the conversations that we've had uh, off the radio about this is that, you know, in a, in a world where tra- uh, information travels so quickly and trends travel so quickly, um, there can be a sort of flattening where when you eat something where there are references to other things or it was inspired by other cultures or it came from somewhere else, it's possible not to know where it came from or not to think about that or not to need to. Um, and I think when... Um, there is there is a connection to another culture or another uh, you know ethnic food way or heritage or something like that. The stakes are that much higher. Mm-hmm. So when you are forgetting or you are making uh, that history oh, okay. invisible mm-hmm. and you're making the object just signifying something that's a signifier of a trend, then that can get a little um, murky and also hurtful for right. the people that. Where, you know, but on the flip side, it's like we we have trends. The right. trends are still going to happen. They're still going to go. They're still going to, you know, um, affect so many different things and groups and peoples. Um, there's no stopping them. I wonder who starts trends. I guess we'll find that out at the panel. That I, hope I so. really hope we delve into because, I mean, the hummus was like the perfect example yeah. of something that 
hardly anyone was eating. I also have to say, like, particularly right now, there's a huge sort of, like, Israeli food trend in uh, restaurant food with, like, yodel, what, I can't say Yodeline. the name. Yeah. Beautiful. And, um... Or would you call it Arab seemed... or Middle Eastern food? Um, Big question. Well, you know, it, it just, it's, there seems to be, like, a lot of, a lot of times restaurants and chefs mm. are often leading the way here and um it, it just was came from left field it seemed to me because it wasn't like it wasn't seen as this uh right. i don't know right here's the perfect like storm of why yeah because there was the, the, there um there was a big article in the times like either last week about tahini mm-hmm. and about one there's this a new i guess uh, Maker of tahini in the Chelsea market, I think it's called Seed and Seed and Mill. Seed and Mill, is they make halva. Called? Halva, but halva is made from tahini. But I think they only right. sell oh, halva. Then. It's a halva. They sell halva. Oh, okay. But then there's also people are obsessed with soup tahini. Right. So here's here's okay. why I here's a perfect storm of why I think tahini based products are have 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 crept closer into everyone's lives is because it's gluten free, uh-huh. dairy free. Protein it's rich, protein rich, vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of checks a lot of boxes of a food category that people, you know, a Vegan. lot of people exactly, no. but also has like an unctuous, almost smoky, flavorful, very flavorful quality. Um, and I think it's like someone just like saw that their eyes were like wide open, and we're just like, wow, this is there's this is something that a lot of people can actually eat. In a word, it's kind of similar to, like, avocado, because it's, like, it's plant-based fats. Right. Which people were, like, afraid of fattening things. Like Very coconut, afraid. for instance, mm-hmm. also, and, and nuts in general. Yeah. So I think in terms of deliciousness, uh, that was not mass-marketed. There's There was a huge opportunity there, and I right. think people have been primed for foods involving uh, sesame paste because of the popularity of otolenghi. Mm-hmm. Um, though I think there is a lot of conversation right now going on um, about, you know, what we, you know, going on about uh, certain foods and whether we call it Mediterranean food or whether we call it Middle Eastern food or Arab food or Israeli food. And right. that's, that can get very heated and very political. Or we just call it food. Oh, we can't just call it food. <laughs> so who's going to be on this panel about food and fashion? Um, on the panel, we're going to have John Gray, who's a co-founder of Ghetto Gastro, a culinary collective out of the Bronx that sort of blows up uh, what the terms ghetto and what the term gastro mean. Sweet. Um, uh, Coel Tome, who is the co-founder of Nusa Yogurt. Uh-huh. So we are going to talk a lot about yogurt, yogurt trends. Yeah. We're getting into yogurt. <laughs> Maria Rodell, who is the CEO of, of Rodell Inc., um, and has a book out about... Uh, home cooking coming out soon called Scratch, but also is the the daughter of the founder of the Rodale Institute, which they were talking about organic farming 50 years ago, which mm. seems not that long, but also a really long time, and way also back. Cool. way back in ahead of the game. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, oh, geez. Um, Christoph Hill. Christoph Hill, who nice. is the CFO Fleischers. of Fleischer's, but also was the uh, was a partner in the dearly departed Northern Spy. But we were just there for a Fleischer's burger pop-up. You still have three hours to go eat there right now yeah. if you want. Get um, you to the East Village. Originator of the kale salad. The ribbon kale salad it's in 2000. It's a beautiful day for a Fleischer's burger. Yeah. That sounds great. And then Dorio Santlofer, who's a food 
food stylist that has styled all of the past covers of Cherry Bomb magazine. Uh-huh. But she also um, is helping see forth her late mother, Joy Santlofer's book, Food City, which is about the history of food and how we eat in New York City over the last 400 years. So she has a very interesting perspective on that, um, having worked on that project, but also seeing um, food literally creep into fashion shoots. Wow. Mm. So there is It's a lot of people. Well, I think that's everybody, right? Kim and I haven't done that. Oh, and no effects. Oh, yeah. Nice. Who's one of our favorite photographers, um, the author of The Way We Eat, The Way We Ate. Um, And he also actually teaches a class uh, about the, the, you know, parallel... Uh, evolution of food photography and fashion photography. Um, Brilliant. Which I hope to audit next. I love how, like, every time these, like, panels are happening, I just, like, want them to keep going on and, like, continue having these conversations because, like, obviously there's, there's so many different sides to it. Like, something like Food and fashion and trends could go on for a while. So. Yeah, it's obviously not just like an hour conversation right. with Q and A. So, I mean, that's partly what we're trying to do as we continue to develop Food Book Fair, have more calendar year programming, uh, more events, uh, more workshops where people can kind of got to get a hands-on literal. And that's a new thing too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I think we talked about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, like, we had a panel about visual culture and, and food photography mm-hmm. last year and then this year we're doing a, um, a workshop on food styling and, and food photography and then also a workshop about visual storytelling specifically Yay. for Ooh. social media for brands yeah. um, because you can listen to someone talk about this for an mm-hmm. hour which is really inspiring but there are some people that will want to learn how to do specific things in specific ways and you can take so this class. could be like yeah. food book fair, like School. yep, edu. Yep, schools in session at food book awesome. fair Monday the second. I can't yeah. wait to keep keep tuned into that and um, maybe like food writing workshop classes that could be really fun too. Yeah, um, I guess that's yeah. about all the time we have. But I guess one last plug. Okay. On that note, do also check out the food and fiction panel. On Sunday, May 1st, yours truly will be moderating um, a few guests that I am really excited to speak to um, on the topic of food as reflected in their fiction. Um, It seems like a burgeoning genre, which I've spoken with many guests on this show about. So hopefully it should be interesting. Thanks for thanks for letting me do that, guys. Pleasure. We're so excited here. to have you. You guys are like, about that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Nothing to say about that. We're really okay. excited for that. No, everyone, hey, everyone better read up before Food Book Fair. Yeah. That's what we have to say. Like, then we can at- write our collective book, The Double Eight at well, Jean George. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're living that book, just so you know. Okay. Um, all right. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, definitely check out foodbookfair.com. And if you, even if you can't make it or if it's sold out, you know, Look forward to the events throughout the year. I'm really excited about those, too. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Kathy. You. Thank you so much for having us, Kathy. Thank awesome. you, Amanda and Kim. See you at the fair. Yeah, we'll see, see you at, at the, the fair. fair. And Pick see a- you next week on Eat Your Words. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio 
You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.